Welcome, everyone, to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Jay, and I am joined today, as usual, by Pastor Megan and Pastor Jen. It's good to be together hey. with you guys again, yeah. pastors. Uh, this is what our fourth podcast together now. It's it's been Something? so much fun. I've lost count. I think we're getting into a rhythm now. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, yes. Yes, and we've uh, I've been enjoying not only our time together, but also uh, thinking about these scriptures of the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And now we'll be moving into the book of Exodus too. Our sermon series. This fall has been who we are, and we've reflected on that question of who we are as a people in relation to God, to one another, to creation. Um, and by reading these Hebrew scripture passages, uh, we've, we've hit the, the big ones of, of Genesis, creation, mm. flood, um, big stories. And now today with, with the story of Exodus, I think, not to use too many superlatives but this is really one of the well it is the like the big one of of the old testament along with the exile the exodus are kind of the big events of israel's history i think it's important to actually for folks to to know that too because it, even if you're reading through new testament readings right like to know how formative the exodus story has always been for god's people i, I think it really helps you to reflect on what goes on throughout all of scripture. You just you just can't underestimate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll be reading from the end of uh, the, the Exodus, the actual Exodus out of Egypt. But just to set the context a little bit, in the book of Genesis, of course, we talked about creation, how God created the world. And then God began forming a people with the call of Abraham, Abram and Sarai, who became Abraham and Sarah. And God made covenantal promise uh, for them, for Abram uh, and Sarai, promising them to bless them, to give them many descendants, and to give them a land. And then in throughout those 50 chapters of, of Genesis, God is faithful to God's people through lots of ups and downs, through generations, and, and then faithful even as Joseph, one of those descendants, is sold into slavery. And, and through Joseph, that's how the people then get to Egypt, away from the land of Canaan into to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Jen preached about that this last week. Yes, <laughs> about Joseph. Yeah. About Joseph, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and as, you know, as we were talking about last week, uh, if you know the story of, of Joseph via the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, now we move into territory covered by that epic movie, The Ten Commandments, which I think I watched... Gosh, I have some memory of watching it on some TV movie, like maybe over Holy Week as a kid. I don't remember, but it's it's quite the movie. It is. I don't know if I've ever seen the whole movie. It's I like certainly three have hours seen long, so. clips of it with some pretty amazing special effects oh, too. Right? Yes. yes. Rivers turning to blood. Oh yes, beautiful. But we also brought up the Prince of Egypt, the oh, animated sure. movie, which I think is a wonderful movie if you don't know the story it will bring you right into it and i think adults and kids can both enjoy that movie yeah, yeah. i i just two years ago during covid mm. i watched that with my kids also oh, um, sure. and it really i was 
I, I I didn't remember what a good movie it was, and I really enjoyed watching it. Great music in it too. Oh, all right. Yeah. So we are moving from the book of Genesis into the book of Exodus, and in chapter twelve in Genesis, we moved from these huge cosmic stories into a very personal stories of Abram and Sarai and their family, and now their descendants are increasing, and so our story is getting bigger again, and we're looking at a people, the Israelites, as a group. They've come into Egypt. They are multiplying. They are getting exceedingly strong. And the Pharaoh at the time is very threatened by them. Mm. And so as people in power tend to do when they feel threatened, they move into oppression. So the Israelites become slaves. And out of this context, Moses is born. Uh, as the son of a Hebrew woman, he ends up being raised in the um, the house of the Pharaoh, and then he ends up uh, leaving the area because of some violent acts that he did, fear for his safety. He moves out to Midian, ends up uh, being called by God through the scene with the burning bush, yeah. and uh, goes back into Egypt where he is called to um, have Pharaoh let the people go, the Israelites go. And that's where we get the 10 plagues and all of these huge, compelling, wonderful um, scenes, action scenes that make great movies. Exactly. Yeah. And again, with evocative imagery that, I mean, I remember when we were talking about Noah, we talked about how those images, that story lands on so many nursery walls because it's just this really powerful imagery. I think the same is true for for this story in its own way. I mean, how many Sunday school lessons can we think of that, you know, bringing home pictures with frogs and locusts and uh, darkness because the this idea of plagues while violent and terrifying, is also really, um, it's, it's really a powerful thought, and it's, and it's got some in really interesting imagery. Um, and that brings us to Pharaoh uh, going, that's it. Um, I can't take this anymore, especially after the Passover event, mm -hmm. which is where uh, the, the angel of God passes over the whole area, and anyone who'd marked their doorways uh, with blood from the Passover lamb that they'd sacrificed and, and um, eaten, then uh, they would get saved, but anyone who hadn't, their firstborn would die, which as a secondborn always filled me with just a little bit of comfort and a little bit of terror. It wouldn't be me, but it would have been my sister. And that <laughs> oh, actually was the firstborn sons, I think. So whew, our, our house would be spared at any rate. <laughs> but again, this is a story where, like with Noah, how do you teach kids about the flood? And then oh, again right? with Moses, how do you teach kids about this last terrifying plague and God's action? Uh, these stories are are hard stories yeah. in some ways. They're they're part of our history and they give us identity, but they're not easy. No, they're they're way more complicated than I think we even let ourselves believe as adults, right? Because mm -hmm. you're you're absolutely right. We can talk about the plagues and talk about oh, it's so silly. There were so many flies, um, but a that would be awful. And mm -hmm. and b it ends with the um, the, the God ordained death of children. Mm -hmm. um, which is incredibly problematic. Um, it is. Yeah. yeah, it definitely is. And then not only that, but even with the the actual crossing of the Red Sea, yes. too, there's violence yes. in, in this as well. After, as you said, Pharaoh, after the 10th plague, plague 
uh, had had enough and said, fine, just get out of here. And then very quickly changed his mind and said, oh, wait, what have I done? Um, maybe we need these slaves back. Uh, how are we? How is this empire going to continue without uh, uh, the Hebrew people here uh, doing our work for us? So we need to go get them. And so then Pharaoh, with all of his chariots and his army, goes after Moses and the Israelites uh, into the Red Sea. So I think it would be helpful to read now. Yes. Can we do that? Let's yes. read from Exodus 14, and then we'll get back into a conversation about this Exodus story in general. But this... Uh, the, the reading for Sunday is from Exodus 14, some selections of verses at home. You may want to read the whole thing, but uh, we'll be reading verses 5 through 7, then 10 through 14, and then 21 through 29. Pastor Megan, will you read that? I absolutely would. So starting with verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the minds of Pharaoh and his officials were changed toward the people, and they said, What have we done letting Israel leave our service? So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, uh, at the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, "Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt." Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at dawn, the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Oof, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Yes, yes, you're right. It's a dramatic story. And we talked about how we tell this to our children. And this story, of course, has been passed on from generation to generation, spoken before it was written down. Um, and still, of course, um, in in the Jewish tradition at Passover, this is read at the Passover meal, told at the Passover meal as a way of remembering, telling the story of the, the Exodus in, in dramatic ways. Um, 
So, and as part of that, I think there's a long tradition of thinking about these, as we said, problematic issues of violence and how God is involved in violence or, or where that is. And there's a lot of tradition, a lot of writing that has been done uh, about that. And there's one uh, particular passage of writing that that maybe you both have heard that I, I think sometimes I've heard in, in sermons on this passage too. It's part of a a midrash tradition. Midrash is a Jewish tradition of kind of filling in the gaps in between verses in Scripture, imagining, um, uh, you know, what what might have happened in between what we are, are given in Scripture. And there's this this passage, uh, midrash, where where someone imagined a scene up in heaven during this time of this Exodus, where the angels in heaven they saw Pharaoh and his army going getting drowned in the Red Sea. And they started singing and rejoicing, praising that uh, this, this had happened. And then God speaks to them and says, how can you sing when my children have been drowned? Mm. Uh, my creation has been drowned. So there's mm. this kind of tension maybe within God's heart even that, yes, this, this liberation needed to happen for, for God's people of Israel. Um, and yet... That doesn't mean that the Egyptians were less loved by God. Um, and, and so it doesn't really explain it exactly how, how this happens, but just acknowledging that there is sorrow in this passage mm. as well. Mm, that's beautiful. I've never heard that before. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I think it's helpful, too, to think about that because we, especially uh, as we're reading through Old Testament passages and we hear, you know, stories of God's people establishing themselves as a nation, taking over the land that God promised them, uh, we hear lots of acts of, of violence, uh, acts of violence that are um, approved by God, that are driven by God, that are... Um, in God's name, and it's it's really easy to think, well, you know, as long as you're on the right side, it's okay to hurt the people who are on the wrong side. But that's that's not really what's at stake, especially as that midrash story points out. That's God has promises that will be fulfilled, that will be made known. But it, it doesn't mean that that other people aren't of worth to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, I think, important to to note that um, God is pretty even-handed when it comes to who might indeed have to suffer. God doesn't only show favor to God's people. God sometimes also lets them suffer the consequences of their actions. Uh, that's kind of mm-hmm. what the exile is about, mm-hmm. right? Like if the exodus is about God acting to bring liberation to God's people, the exile is almost the opposite of that. God, the exile is God saying, I warned you to get your act together and start behaving like I've asked you and you wouldn't listen. And this is the cost of that. You you leave the land I promised you. You suffer for generations in exile. So it's it's this kind of balance of uh, of God's actions um, being uncomfortable <laughs> for mm-hmm. for us and for others. Uh, so it's kind of like when you feel like your mom is picking on you most of all, and she points out, "No, nah, I'm just picking on you right now because you're being a jerk. I pick on your siblings too." So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that boils it down to an oversimplified example, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that God allows consequences for yeah. for actions, and mm-hmm. yet God is still faithful through all of this, mm-hmm. through the Exodus, through through exile as well. Mm-hmm. There's one uh, verse in here that I that I kind of jumped out at me, and and that verse is I don't have it right here. It's um, 
the keep it still. Oh, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. So verse 14. Verse mm-hmm. 14. Right. Yes. Keep still. Where is it here? Yeah, yeah. Do, stand the, the, firm. Verse 14. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to keep still. Yes, the verse before it, starting with verse 13. Still. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. That was very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Yeah, a couple of things. One, it reminds me of Psalm 46 and the idea of oh, be still yeah. and know mm-hmm. that I am God. Mm-hmm. I think there are times when we need to step back and remember that it's not all up to us, that we are not God, and as mm. important as our our work, our vocations are ultimately uh, God is in in charge of all of this, and and it's good to be still. Remember who God is. Uh, try to remember that we need to uh, contribute to God's work rather than just asking God to contribute to us. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's something to, uh, for us to to remember about that 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 call to be still. But I also think, especially for these Israelites, this is a radical change, a radical sign of of liberation. Mm. I think because in slavery they were identified only with their work. Mm-hmm. They were contributing to to the empire, making bricks, what, whatever it was, um, and, and that they had no, no value, no meaning, mm-hmm. identity beyond their work. And here, now they're told, you can be still. It's a gift. And I think that's oh. also a gift in the command of, of Sabbath as well, that uh, in, in slavery, you don't get breaks. So you don't get to be still. Uh, but now as God's people liberated in their freedom, there are times to remember just who they are apart from what they do, that they are God's beloved and can be still. Oh, and I love, I love that this is in response to them complaining. Ah, yeah. it, they're so human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this to me is an example of how far humans will go to avoid change. Mm-hmm. That we would rather go back to slavery than be in this unknown place which p.s them saying like is this not what we told you in egypt let us alone and let us serve the egyptians they were literally saying the exact opposite of that while they were in Mm -hmm. egypt it was them crying out to god how long will you forget us will you not save your people that's what like god goes oh there's you know god remembered the israelites yes god apparently forgot about them for a minute i don't know but but there's selective memory here yeah (laughs) (laughs) And that they they are just so unhappy about these changes, Mm -hmm. which are for their good. Mm -hmm. But the Lord says to them, just hold on. Keep still. Stop complaining. (laughs) And just trust that I am here for you and that I will fight for you. I love that verse. I haven't spent a lot of time with that verse in particular. And just the comfort of knowing that God is fighting for you, I think mm-hmm. is very powerful right. in this moment, especially this moment of a story that for the Jewish people is so formative and so central mm. to who they are, that God is a saving God and that God saves them. And I just, yeah, it's very, That's it's very beautiful. powerful. It's, mm-hmm. It is also comforting uh, to me, uh, Pastor Jen, as you say, oh, you know, very human thing to do. It's also nice to know that they, uh, the Israelites don't learn their lesson here. When they right. go out into the wilderness, as this story continues, they cross the Red Sea. Oh, they celebrate. Yay, we're finally free. They don't get very deep into the wilderness before they're like, oh, I'm hungry. There's no food. Oh, my gosh. At least there was food in Egypt. Why couldn't we just stay in Egypt? Um, it's 
it's it's humorous to watch this this default position of you know really looking at their their past and and seeing it only through these rose-colored glasses seeing only the very few things that had any worth to him and totally ignoring all the suffering and all the struggle and because of this time of struggle all i can see is this oh no it's so hard um it cracks me up that that they don't change very quickly no no and then they take it out on moses yeah. too why yes. did you bring us out yes. here to right, die right, we could have right. died in egypt and yeah. at least we had at least leaks. We had food. Yeah, yeah whatever it was that they enjoyed so much in in egypt so right. as pastors and congregational leaders we should never be surprised when mm. people don't like change and right. when they often are frustrated with us yes or with congregational leadership yes. or with whatever is happening i mean it's normal. Yeah. This is biblical. This yeah. is scriptural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That this is human change behavior. is tough. And, yeah. and it's hard to trust in God. It's hard to be still. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's also really hard to compare the struggle you're going through in this time uh, with whatever you went through in the past because you're so willing to say, well, I got through it before. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. You, you've, it's, it's really easy to forget very quickly, you know, how far you've come and what God has brought you through before and to trust that indeed God will bring you through this thing again. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's easy to say, oh, this is the worst it's ever been. It's never been worse than this. Well, <laughs> that mm. may or may not be true. Ask your grandma. Ask your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but God has been faithful before and God will be faithful again. And that's part of why we hear these stories is to remind ourselves of what God has done for God's people before and to trust that even when it is hard now that we can remember how God has brought us through difficult times before mm-hmm. and that God has promised to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And Moses is an example of faith in that promise of that God will be faithful, leading them into a new land, mm-hmm. fulfilling this promise that has been been given to God's people. Even though he doesn't get there himself, he yeah. still faithfully follows, leading the, the other Israelites, um, understands his, his place in this, this promise fulfillment, um, maybe frustrated at times, but, but still carrying on in the journey. And uh, I guess that is a time for us to wrap it up for this sure. week. We'll see you uh, next week, pastors, for uh, continuing this conversation about the Hebrew scriptures and remembering who we are. But, but thank you all, listeners, for joining us on, again, another episode of Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. God's blessings be with you all this week. May the road rise up to meet you. Until we meet again, my friend.